Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 339 of one of the dangerous podcasts on earth. Join me again this week. Oh, I'm Chad Dotson, by the way, if you didn't know from my ridiculous accent. And joining me this week is, uh, once again, Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? Howdy. I'm uh, doing well, thank you. Excellent. Uh, did you say howdy just to appeal to me because you think I got some kind of country accent? Yeah, you know, like when in Rome. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Did I, did I tell you about the time I was actually in Rome and I ran into someone who uh, lives down the street from me and had no idea they were there? <laughs> no. It's a true story. Did they yeah. say howdy? <laughs> they did say howdy. I'm in Rome, and we're literally uh, next to where uh, they cremated... Julius Caesar. And I'm like, oh, this is just amazing. And I turn and look next to me. There's some jerk wearing a Virginia Tech cap. And I'm like, I can't get away from gobble, it. Gobble, gobble. I know. And then and then the, the, the woman, uh, the young lady next to him, turned and looks at my daughter and says, hey, wait, don't you go to, you know, our local high school? <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? So, um, Hey, when you were over there, did you get any of those candles? Those candles? Yeah. What candles? In Rome. Candles in Rome? Roman candles. Roman candles. Fireworks. I'm really slow tonight. That's the type of dumb joke (laughs) I I would have made ordinarily. And I'm really disappointed in myself. But you just said you're a dad. (laughs) That's classic dad joke, no question. we got to talk about the Reds, Chris. We're delaying it, but we have to, you know, right? Cincinnati Reds? The Cincinnati Reds, yes. Talk Reds baseball. All right. So just to let you know, when we're recording this, we are, uh, it's the middle of the second game of the doubleheader. The Reds actually won the first game to end a four-game losing streak. That four-game losing streak had dropped the Reds to six games under 500 after 28. So, so now they're five under 500 after 29 games, and they'll be halfway through the season after the second game tonight. And uh, it's just not good, is it, Chris? It's not not ideal. Speaking of, you know not... what's interesting? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you know what's interesting about about this game tonight? Game two of the doubleheader is actually the makeup game of yesterday. So the Reds are going backwards in time. Gotta go back in time. That's right. Do you like that? So, yeah, that, and there's like a fading picture of Joey Votto. <laughs> oh no, you went there. Yeah, well, let's talk about Joey Votto, and then we'll talk about why the Reds are playing the game that was scheduled to be played yesterday. But I think we really kind of need to talk about Votto because in this doubleheader today, Votto is not, uh, has not been in the lineup in either game. And this is kind of a conversation that we, we need to have. And I mean, I don't want to pile on the guy. He's not the only reason the Reds are, their offense has been awful this year, but you know, we always say on here, father time is undefeated. And I think it's probably time to concede that he's certainly never going almost certainly anyway, never going to be an elite hitter again. And I think there are real questions about whether Votto will ever even be above average again. And it pains me to say it. What do you think about Votto? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, but you know, I think there's, there's kind of no denying it. I mean, I know it's a hundred plate appearances, but, um, you know, he, he hasn't, other than the first week, he's looked kind of overmatched is the right word, but having a lot of trouble. And last year was obviously a pretty, a pretty weak season. Um, yeah, last year was the, and, it was the worst season of his career, basically. And it was a, you know, it was below average. It just was. Yeah. And it was the worst year of his career by a mile. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I guess I, I kind of think back to the, uh, for, if you're a Reds fan of a certain generation, the infamous day when uh, when Joe Nuxall said about Barry Larkin, that, you know, Barry didn't get a ball up the middle. He's like, you know, face it, folks, Barry's lost a step. And uh, everybody, you know, was calling for Joe's head. And it was pretty, pretty true what he was saying at the time. And it just wasn't something anybody, any Reds fan really wanted to believe. And, uh, you know, jo- Joey... Certain pitches Joey can't catch up to right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're right. It's it's very similar. I don't want to believe it. It really, this guy's a 
He's, I think, a Hall of Famer. I think he has a really good claim at being the greatest hitter to ever put on a Reds uniform. He's sitting 191 right now. Uh, his OPS Plus is 72. His slugging percentage 326. And I guess if you want to look at the glass half full, you can say, well, his uh, batting average on balls in play is sort of an unsustainable 194. You know, so maybe he's just been unlucky, but you know, I, dig, I dug a little bit. And uh, he's just not making contact, hard contact at all. Uh, Votto's average exit velocity so far this year is 85.3, which ties him with the immortal Drew Butera for 335th in baseball. And uh, hard, yeah. hit, hard hit rate 24%, which is by far the lowest of his career, and that's 349th in baseball. Uh, he's even behind Kevin Plowecki. Do you know what a Kevin Plowecki is? I, it seems, I thought it was like a some kind of Jankowski. <laughs> Something, yes, probably. So, I mean, I just, you know, again, I feel like I'm piling on him. He's an all-time great. I love him. but um, And he'll probably improve from where he is now, probably. But we just don't need to count on him, I guess is my point. Yeah. I mean, look, the, there, there are worse regulars in the Reds lineup than Joey Votto in hitting-wise right now. So I think there's an overall depression in offense that is making him maybe look more, you know, more like a rapid decline, more like a stone sinking into a pond than, than perhaps he is. But it's hard to, it's hard to argue against 191. Yeah. And, and more strikeouts than walks. Does he? A lot more, almost twice as many. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was misreading that line. You're right. Yeah. I was looking at Suarez and cross-referencing there. Uh, well, you know, if a guy like Suarez is hitting and some of these other guys are hitting, then you're, maybe we don't notice as much. I guess we'll still notice, but well, the impact you know of Votto's is if not those, as much. Yeah. If those guys were hitting, we'd be looking at Votto's 321 on base percentage and being like, hey, he's contributing to the team and it's all working out. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. But it's, it's not rough. it's not working. The offense is twenty uh, seventh in baseball in runs scored, and one of the teams behind that, him is the Cardinals, who have haven't played. You know, so that's okay. There's, I mean, that still puts him in the upper half of the league, right? I think so. Yes, six, six, sixty team league. I can't remember how many teams there are, but no. yeah. Well, if you count Prasco Park. Oh, I see. That's right. We need to, we have to create, count Prasco Park and all the similar Prasco parks around. Yeah, I don't know. We're starting out on a bummer. Reds are losing games, and Votto's not great anymore. Yeah, it's not fun. 2020, man. 2020 just takes. Yeah. Does not give. Sure does. So, uh, Chris, uh, I guess uh, let's talk about uh, the why the Reds have a doubleheader today. First in the history of Miller Park. Have you been to Miller Park, by the way? I'm not. My, uh, my wife and kids went to Miller Park on Monday. They took a trip up to visit the in-laws in Chicago and drove up to Miller Park. And uh, wanted to take a look. And, of course, everything's pretty well uh, locked down. And so they did get into the the, the Brewers team shop is open. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's inside Miller Park. So they could go in and, and look around the store. But they could not. Uh, they had, like, all the curtains drawn where you can look out onto the field. <clears throat> so my, my kid had to go and, like, kind of sneak around the store to get a look at any of uh, Miller Park, but I hope they buy plenty of uh, Brewers uh, memorabilia. Well, I will tell you my, my son, my older boy wants to collect a, uh, his goal is to get a hat of every major league team and ideally in the town where, where they, you know, where they play. And so he went and bought a, a, a Brewers cap and he bought a game worn Brewers cap. Ooh. And it was worn by, Former Brewers first base coach Carlos Subero. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. how is that Which, still available? I uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I, I wonder if he even wore it because you know they wear those those helmets. Oh yeah, that's right. So I don't know, but uh, the interesting thing about Carlos Subero is that he has the head of a twelve year old boy. <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so it fit. Yikes! Yeah. So anyway, uh, you've been up there though, right? Yeah, my son and I went uh, last year. We were going up uh, to the in the direction of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, yeah, we decided to go to Milwaukee first. I don't know what, if you know why we went to Minneapolis. Nobody wants to hear this story. Nope. 
I won't go that far, but it was a great stadium. We had a good time. They were playing the Cubs, and so we got to sort of join with the Brewers fans that cheer against the Cubs, and it was, it was a good time was had by all. And I like I like the stadium, my stadium. I, my uh, my family told me that in the Brewers parking lot, there is uh there's like it's like twenty five dollars, but it's thirty five dollars during Cubs games or something. That's probably true. Yeah, I forgot you got some Cubs fans in your family. I'm not supposed to say that publicly, but I just sort yeah. of called you out yeah. there. Yeah, well. Oh, well, is what it is. Love is blind. So, um, the Reds are playing a doubleheader at Miller Park. And, uh, Chris, you want to talk about, uh, I guess, yesterday, the the Brewers and the Reds, along with a slew of other professional sports teams, um, you know, made made the decision not to play as a uh, sort of protest statement, a, uh, I guess, technically a strike. I don't know what you call a strike, or some people call it a boycott. I don't know what you call it, but... It was, uh, I guess, a protest, whatever. Um, and so they're playing that game today. Any thoughts about the fact that the Reds uh, did not, and Brewers agreed unanimously not to play yesterday? Yeah, you know, I don't, you know, it's a, this is a, I, first off, I guess I should say I respect what they did. Um, I have no real problems with what the decision they made. I don't, I have no reason to criticize it. I think I understand what they were doing why they felt the need to do that, especially, um, you know, because it was the Brewers and that's right there as Amir Garrett called it, you know, it's, it's in their backyard. It was right there where it happened. Um, so I get it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's tough being a, um, a professional athlete because people, obviously it's a lot of good things about it, but, but, people want you to be an entertainer and, and, and work for them and, and do what they want you to do. And so you kind of get the, you know, the shut up and dribble. Um, and these guys are human beings and they have beliefs and opinions and, and want to stand up for what's right. And I think that's what, um, what they did yesterday. I think it's a challenge. I mean, what can you do? I think that's probably the answer. I've, I've seen people criticize or question, so what? What is not playing a basketball game or not playing a baseball game going to do? But I don't know what else those guys can do in that position, right? I mean, they're not public officials. They're not uh, – they don't have the, the phone number of, of an attorney general or a governor or a congressman necessarily. So they are going to use the platform that they have to try to draw attention to issues that need to be addressed and – you know, again, drawing attention is only so much, but it's it's what they can do. So hopefully it, it inspires some other people who may be um, in a position of, of more power or different power to, to do some things to make the world a better place. I guess, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, I guess there are more important things than um, the business side of it, but uh, uh, way more important things. But you know, I can't help but note that the NBA's ratings have gone down to almost fifty percent since the you know the China controversy last year, and so you know that's something that uh, the small market team might have to think about. But on the other hand, you know, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. To be honest with you, you should speak your mind. You should speak up for what's right. And so I think that's where I come down. You should speak up for what's right. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Does it help? Does it not help? We'll see, I guess. I guess it's the only thing they can do. I I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? I just kind of, I don't know. I guess it brings some attention. You know, well, well somebody, you know, I, I was, I've just kind of been trying to figure this out myself too, because again, I don't know what else they can do. You know, you had, you have, um, say, oh, well, you know, you can protest, but play the game. Well, somebody takes a knee. Okay. Well, now I'm going to yell at them for that. Um, so, you know, they can, they can, they have to go, they have to use what's available to them. And one of the things that I heard that was interesting was, I think this was regard to the NBA, but somebody said, you know, somebody said something like, well, what they don't play, what, what's it going to do? They're on, just going to make their owner mad and make their owner uncomfortable. What good is that going to do? And somebody pointed out, like, these professional sports owners were somehow most of them able to get local governments to spend billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars to build them stadiums. 
So they have connections, they have influence, they have the ability to sway and 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 shape local government action. So from that perspective, I thought, you know, that's a good point. Um, m- maybe if instead of spending taxpayer money, some of these owners start to be supportive of uh, reform actions or community building actions and things that might make a difference in the world. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a, you know, a, a bank shot type of, of activism, but y- that's what you do. You, you, you use the power that you do have. But are you saying that Joey Votto couldn't walk into the governor's office tomorrow morning? I believe they call or him, in, um, or any provinces. red. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I listen, I'm all for everybody standing up and saying what you believe, uh, whatever, you know, and if your employer will permit it, and uh, certainly the uh, employers are encouraging it in a lot of ways these days, that's fine. Because, I mean, listen, there are things that need to be fixed about this country. There's no, I, I'm sure people will argue about that. I sort of say that there's no argument about that. Uh, but people will argue about everything these days. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I just... Uh, I don't. I guess I don't know what the end game is uh, from the professional sports perspective. Is it, uh, you know, um, is it all political all the way from now on? Is that is that where we are? And, and should it be that way? Maybe I don't know. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think the other part of this too is, that I think is it's fair is, um, depending on on who you are, and who the athletes are, and, and truthfully, there aren't that many um, African American athletes on these teams anymore uh, compared to you know thirty years ago, but. I don't know that it's just political. I think in some ways what you saw this week is really, really personal. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and yeah. I think I think maybe it's just, um, you know, I don't know. It's as much let's be there for our teammates in our community and give them a day to just, I don't know, cope, you know, um, honor yeah. their, their feelings. Rather than being a, a really calculated, if we do this, then then something outcome will happen that we have a specific thing in mind. Yeah, yeah, not a not a we have this list of demands type of thing. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I mean, I, mean, I think you saw. I don't know if you saw the clip of Kenny Smith on the uh, TNT. NBA read about program. it. Didn't see it, but I read about it. Yeah. Yeah, you know Kenny Smith. I saw. I watched Kenny Smith, and I watched Chris Weber a little bit, and 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 for them, it was clearly very personal. And it's it's a you know it's a different experience than I've had for sure, but um, I don't think it. I think we we should understand that part of it too. Yeah, try to no, well, try to is the thing. I can't you know, and so I got to kind of defer a little bit uh, from where I am. I can't really truly understand a lot of this, and that's a sad statement about society, I guess. But you can tell that I'm, um, I'm. Uh, we don't talk about stuff like this on this podcast for a reason, okay? This is a dumb little podcast where we talk about a dumb little game, and that's what I like, just goofing around, because I don't have answers for people here, and this is not a place for me to, you know, have answers. And so I guess that's, uh, if you can tell that I'm uncomfortable, it's because this is not the forum for this uh, type of discussion, and I'm uncomfortable this has become a forum, and maybe it should be. Maybe every forum needs to be a forum where we talk about what, what do we do to make this country a better place. I don't know, Um but, uh, you know, again, I just, I'd rather talk about baseball, even when the, when the Reds are playing so horribly. But I guess maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I, I just do appreciate hearing some of the guys' perspectives and, and just trying to, to listen and learn from where they're coming from. And, and uh, I don't know. Can we talk about baseball again? Baseball. <laughs> Even if the baseball is the Cincinnati Reds, let's run through. Winning, still winning. Are they winning game two now? I don't have it up here. Winning game two, two to nothing. Oh my goodness! A doubleheader sweep that'll get them to four games under five hundred halfway through the season. Golly, what a time to be alive! It is something else. It is something else. And I will tell you, I'm comfortable saying this because I know it's going to continue no matter what I say. Wade Miley's got a no hitter through two innings. Outstanding. Uh, and I'm sure the bullpen won't blow it either. So everything's perfect for the Reds tonight. No need for a bullpen. Wade no, Miley's going. No need for a bullpen. Okay, let's uh, run through quickly some of the uh, transactions of the week. I know you have lots of thoughts about these uh, really important transactions. First of all, 
Uh, the Reds options Josh Van Meter and called up Mark Payton, who made his Major League debut and actually got his first Major League hit. Mark Payton's playing a lot since he came up. Do we think it's a playoff team when Mark Payton is playing a lot? Well, you know, you got a, a, a red-hot prospect. It's sometimes you just have to get, let him play. <laughs> a red-hot prospect, yeah. Who was selected in the Rule 5 draft. Will soon be celebrating his 29th birthday. <laughs> right, yeah. I like Mark Payton. He's fine, I guess, but... Maybe that's an example of how the season's kind of gone awry for the Reds is that Mark Payton is getting playing time. Or is it, a, or is it a, a sort of a symptom of what we've talked about, which is just David Bell showing a lack of urgency? I don't know. Who else you play out there, I, I guess. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I, you know, I, a lot of times that lack of urgency phrase is, well, number one, it, when a team doesn't hit, they always look like, like lackluster, right? But... uh there's nobody on the bases running around, but I, I never really want players to play with a sense of urgency. I don't think I just want to play well, but the manager, I do, I do think that's a fair criticism for a manager. And, and I just continue to be shocked at how bell seems to be treating this like 162 game season exactly, in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, we'll just, you know, we got to get Jankowski a couple starts here. So he's, <laughs> So he's not terrible when he comes off the bench. It's like, you don't have to worry about it. Like, I don't want to be a jerk, but I would manage just like a high school team. Yes. You know, you've got like nine or 10 kids that play and you can have 15 more that ride the bus. But the, but the sophomore's not getting in the game. Those uniforms are never going to get dirty. <laughs> right. And that's how I would treat this. I would be like, you know, Jankowski, enjoy the meal money. If somebody gets hurt, fine. Maybe you'll pinch run. But... <laughs> You know, yeah. Phil, Phil, you know, take a lot of batting practice if you want, but we're not going to use you. Yeah. You know, I think you and I probably are in similar uh, spaces when it comes to David Bell and coming into the season, you know, I, I thought David Bell did the best he could last year. I like that he's open to uh, some of the concepts that past Reds managers have, but I, I was fairly positive on David Bell. And the more I watch him this year, and I, I, I see the same thing you're see, seeing, which is uh, he's not acting like it's a 60 game season. There's no urgency. He's playing the Mark Paytons and the Christian Colones, and and uh, he's you know I'm not ready to say he's a bad manager, but uh, he's kind of lost me this year. Yeah, you know there was a, and I know that there's a lot of, uh, you know the guys have been hurt and and you know, Mustakas and and uh, and Senzel's been out a lot and all this kind of stuff, but like there was a game the other day and and the other thing to be fair we know we don't know anything right there's things that there's things that happen that we don't know about but there was a game the other day where Mustakas just got a day off and and somebody on twitter was asking trent rosecrans hey you know what what the heck's going on with Mustakas?" and trent who can sometimes be a little short with people <laughs> who ask questions he was like well you know he's a human being and an athlete and sometimes they get tired and you know that's Trent kind of snapping at somebody and, but, and and you understand he's getting a bunch of that really I mean I get it with a fraction of the followers he gets he's yeah. getting a lot of nonsense tossed at him every day so I can understand that but yeah. but you know the, the day that this happened I think and I, I'd have to go back because I could be wrong here when was that I yeah it would have been it would have been the 22nd it would have been like whatever that was Friday Thursday last Thursday night Friday night I don't have my calendar in front of me, Chris. What, you right, it's a quiz. I, anyway, it was. It would have been Saturday night or Saturday day. And they played a doubleheader on Wednesday. And they played a game Thursday. And they played a game Friday. And so, yeah, he played four games in three days. But he had been out for 15 days before that. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I, like I said, I'm not... I don't know. Maybe he was hurt. And maybe he said, I can't go. And maybe he was thrown up in the clubhouse. But to me, a sense of urgency is like, guess what, dude, we're playing seven games in six days and you're playing all of them. Especially given how poorly the team, frankly, has played this first half of the season. Sorry, man. We need you. You're, you're our second best hitter right now. Yeah. And we're paying you lots of money to be that guy. And, and I, I, I'm not, I don't, like I said, I don't know. And that's just, that, that's just right. the kind of example. I'm like, I don't know why Kyle Farmer is 
playing all this times. I mean, maybe it's like, maybe that is like Kyle Farmer's the only guy hitting. So it is desperation. Just somebody's hot. You keep them in. But I, I am, maybe we said this last week and I apologize to the folks who just fast forward, but I just really expected to see the same nine guys. Once they said there was a DH, I was like, Oh, cool. There's going to be 10 guys and they're going to rotate through the DH. You know, four of them are going to rotate through the DH spot and the rest of them are going to play every day. Yeah. If you'd have told me Mark Payton would get any real playing time or Christian Cologne, uh, then I, I would have, it would blow my mind because it makes no sense. And it's like a college season basically. And listen, when Kyle, I, yeah, I, I watch Kyle, college baseball. They play their best players. Yeah. Kyle Farmer has 40 plate appearances. Phil Irvin has 40 plate appearances. Josh Meter has 38. Matt Davidson, 32. Christian Cologne, 24. I mean, Shogo Akiyama is only 78. In what universe is are the Reds a better team with those numbers rather than those numbers being, those at-bats being distributed amongst the best, you know, eight, nine, ten players on the team. I, I don't get it. I, and if you want to tell me, oh, Shogo Akiyama is no good, well, you can, I guess we could have that conversation, but that's a whole bigger problem because you just signed him to a whole bunch of money 78 plate appearances ago. Yeah, if he's not better than Mark Payton, then <laughs> we should have known that in, in February. Right. Well, my. So I don't know. I, I, Again, I don't, I don't, I just don't think there's any of the normal stuff you have, which is like, I got to keep that guy sharp. I got to keep that guy happy. Yeah. You know, this is a sprint fellas. This is, a, this is the, 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 the whole, this is the whole season is the fourth quarter of the basketball game. Yeah. I, I, I don't so have anything going to be on the court the whole time. Yeah. My goodness. I don't get it. I'll never get it. You don't have LeBron either anymore. That's a problem. That's true. Do you think the Reds could sign LeBron? Yeah. Put him at first base. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, This week, the Reds also designated for assignment Cody Reed when they activated Robert Stevenson from the uh, injured list. Stevenson, who we joked about last week, we never, we didn't know what happened to him. Pitched a good inning in the first game, uh. Uh, look, look pretty good. Two thirds of an inning, maybe. But um, Cody Reed designated for assignment. You know, I've been a Cody Reed guy for a long time. Live arm, and I still think he's a decent uh, bet to be an okay reliever. But at some point, you got to kind of grab that brass ring when you get the opportunity, and he really never has. So I, I can't be too heartbroken. You know, one thing I've, I did, actually didn't even see that move, but um, one thing I, I I wonder about this year. Does it seem like guys are, are not that many guys are getting lost when they get DFA'd since there aren't any minor leagues to put people that that guys are basically and, and I don't know if I was a baseball team I wouldn't feel super comfortable adding a new guy right you got limited was, places uh, well and, 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 and just like the travel and the exposure and, and all that uh, kind yeah, of stuff yeah. I mean I'd kind of be like I'll take my guys from Prasco Park and move them back and forth but I don't Unless it's a, a stud, I'm not going to add an outsider. Yeah, I made the comment on Twitter that I, you know, I thought I expect him to get through uh, waivers and uh, go go to the catch-up factory out of Prasco. But some people pushed back on that because, because again, he's young and he has a pretty good arm. But uh, I and I don't know. I haven't looked at every team's transactions, but it make it makes sense to me that that's why I said that. I think he'll get through because you know, there's just so many reasons not to. You only got 60 spots. Right. Along the two places, you know, first of all, are you going to take somebody? Maybe. Maybe some team thinks they can use him in their big league bullpen right now, but he's not shown a whole lot in the big leagues to say that. Yeah. So I, I think he makes it through there. Yeah, I do too. Um, not the biggest uh, news of the week in terms of tr- of uh, the Reds uh, transactions. I guess it's not really a transaction, but Reds Fest has been canceled for 2020. Chris. I saw that. Uh, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. 2020. Uh, the biggest news of the week, of course, was this. Uh, the Reds designated Pedro Strope for assignment. His jaunty cap. Hopefully he'll make it through and uh, go to Prasco. But uh, he's replaced on the roster by one Jose Garcia, who David Bell said is going to be the regular at shortstop. And, in fact, did start uh, game one uh, of tonight's doubleheader at shortstop. 
Jose Garcia, 22 years old. The, the uh, He's no longer the shortstop of the future. He's now evidently the shortstop of the present. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, How'd he do in the first game? He had a hit and a walk and uh, stole a base, and he just looks like he knows what he's doing. Excellent. First game okay. ever above uh, single A. Well, in the, was in the big leagues. You know, um, I wrote a little bit about him uh, for Cincinnati Magazine this week, and uh, uh, there's a quote from Barry Larkin that I'd forgotten about back in the spring, the first spring training, where Larkin said, The impressive things is work acumen, his attention to details, maturity level. Uh, what everyone's seeing is certainly what we expect from him. He's a special player. I like that. That's pretty good. I don't know that Larkin has been a uh, a guy to throw crazy praise around. Unlike some, you know, some of those those former player organizational guys get get excited or just you know feel the need to boost up guys. But Larkin hasn't really. I don't remember him touting anybody really, has he? I don't remember it. Um, but he was uh, pretty impressed. A lot, everybody was impressed. There are lots of good quotes from Reds players back in the spring. Kirk Casale was one of them. Um, Tucker Barnard, they, they did a, a draft for an Instagram game, and, and Tucker Barnard picked uh, Sonny Gray first. I think he picked uh, Garcia second. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so at least that was the reporting today. But what do you think about him taking Freddie Galvis's spot? Galvis is kind of doing what we expected him to do. He's not, I mean, you know, he's had a little bit of pop with the bat. He hit a couple, couple home runs, and, you know, he's just, he's Freddie Galvis. Yeah, I mean, I think... Freddie Galvis never should have been put in the position of being the only plan they had. Yeah, frankly, I, I, he should have been the backup shortstop and second baseman. And you give him Correct. You know, regular season, you know, he gets three hundred at bats or something, and he's fine. He can handle defensively yep. the both positions. Right, and so I mean, to you know, to me, this is what a sense of urgency looks like. If they've been convinced that. Garcia is is legit and ready then you you believe that he's going to be better than Freddie Galvis if yeah. not now then very soon it's the first instance of urgency that I've seen from anyone with this organization all year after they dropped all this money yeah yeah and and again you know I don't want to keep harping on it but I mean you go back to like the Robert the the, the uh, Michael Lorenzen kind of treatment yeah. You know, you're man that he managed Michael Lorenzen the way you always manage a reliever. And it, maybe that's the right thing. Maybe psychologically you just can't shift the gears on these guys. But, you know, hey, we'll get him back out there tomorrow and another tough situation and get him his confidence back. When, you know, the the the, the urgent manager would say we'll get you we'll get you back as soon as we can do, but it's going to be 8 to nothing when you're pitching next. Yeah, yeah. It just seems to me that the way this team should have been managed, and in the front office as well, is that from game one, you look at it like we are tied for first place this late in the season. Only sixty yeah. games to go. What yep. do we do to get across the finish line? So, but let me ask you this, yeah. uh, Chris Jose Garcia. I'm I'm happy to see him uh, in the big leagues. Twenty two years old. I love it. Hope he sticks. Hope he does well. Is it time to start thinking about? Uh, and we talked about this a little before, but I'm just looking at Tucker Barnhart and Kirk Casale's numbers. You know, coming into today, Casale uh, was hitting 175, Barnhart 174. Casale's already on the wrong side of 30. Barnhart will be before next year begins. Uh, why not hand that to Tyler Stevenson, who just turned 24 a couple weeks ago, and and let Tucker Barnhart start his you know seven year reign as the backup catcher in Cincinnati. Absolutely no reason not to do that. I mean, absolutely. And let, I don't even care about. Well, I mean, it, I don't know if they want to play. If they want to play service time games, now that they're seven seven games under five hundred or whatever, then whatever. But if you really are still trying to win, get him up here and put him behind the plate. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how he's. Maybe he'll be worse. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. And. I don't know. It'd be much worse. I mean, I don't mean to be a jerk about it, but like when you're getting whatever, 48 OPS plus out of your catcher, what do you got to lose? Right. And the guy's not going to stand there and like watch balls go past him. You wouldn't think he's hitting a thousand right now. Tyler Stevenson is two for two. I just, you know, I think, okay, 
maybe you could make an argument for a, a tiny bit of lack of urgency for a while because of the way the playoff system is expanded. So yeah, let's let's stick with our guys because you know we're still gonna make the playoffs. We just got to get in the playoffs. But at this yeah. point, that's not entirely you know a, a foregone conclusion. We're halfway through the season at this point, and the Reds will be either you know uh, what four or five games under five hundred. They have to get some offense, and come on, Tucker Barnhart and Kirk Caselli are what they are—a reasonable catching combo, but they're not going to provide any offense. Yeah, that's—I mean—that's the big, biggest. Like you're, those guys are not. I don't know that either one of those guys could hit 300, 400, 500 for a month. Right. You know, I may, I, I, maybe one of the numbers guys can tell us if it's ever happened. I don't really remember Tucker having a month where he what was a middle of the lineup hitter. No, he's a good defensive hitter who has gotten on base occasionally and been he's not hurt the Reds at the plate for for top part, parts of his career, I guess. But yeah, at this point, I don't know. I, I, he's a friend of the podcast, and so I don't want to criticize him too much. But it is what it is. The numbers speak for themselves. And and the Reds have to coming into tonight. They had to go nineteen and thirteen the rest of the way to finish five hundred. Now that's eighteen and thirteen, uh, pending the result tonight. And you know they've not played any. They've not played well enough this season to make me think that's even possible. But that's just to get to five hundred, which will probably get them in the neighborhood of the playoffs. But you know, if they really want to get in the playoffs, they got to play better than that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I keep saying, ah, come on, they're going to make the playoffs. They're good enough. But now I'm starting to think. They're, they're 14th right now, and only eight make the playoffs. So that's <laughs> I, I wouldn't bet on it right now. I would not uh, either, and that's uh, – I can't believe I can't believe we got here. I just can't believe we're here. I should have known, though, it's the Cincinnati Reds. They've done nothing but break our hearts since 1990. Why should we be surprised? All right, shifting gears, and then I'll get to some viewer mail, and then we'll get out of here. I guess, should we should we say goodbye to Pedro Strope before we do that? Has he been claimed by someone? Well, no, but I mean, he was DFA too, and he feels like, I mean, he was only on a one year deal, right? Yeah. So, I think we may have seen all there was to see of Pedro Strope in two and one third innings. Uh, I I I would have to say I actually expected him to be pretty valuable, and and I did, yeah, too, and and productive member of this team and I, I i mean i don't think i can remember a guy who came to the reds and like the gulf between what i expected to see and what they actually got could have been any any larger but he wore his I mean, cap at such a jaunty angle i mean maybe uh maybe maybe our friend uh jim edmonds <laughs> yeah Ooh, how dare or, you uh, I mean, if you want to go way back, I guess I, the only other one I can think of was uh, when they got Bill Doran in 1990, and he came out like a house of fire and got hurt after like 15 games. Billy Doran, yeah. So anyway, I just I, I was really excited they got Strope and thought he was going to be pretty productive and. Mm. Yeah, I did too. I, I mean, I thought he was. Uh, I thought that was a huge acquisition for the for the back end of this bullpen. And I don't know, maybe he goes to Prasco. Maybe he gets through and goes to Prasco, and, and we'll see him later. But yeah, I'm with you. Very disappointing. I, mean, I could see the Cubs trying to get him back. Honestly, they've got enough bullpen troubles too. So, and he, you know, he had a really good run. Yeah, with the stupid Cubs. Before we get to viewer mail, I got one question for you, Chris. You know, last week you remember what our conversation was about. Is it possible that the Reds broadcast booth has gotten gotten worse in the in the wake of uh, Tom Brenneman uh, just lighting himself on fire? It's you know, it's hard to. Uh... It's bad. Yeah, it was bad. It's it's only bad a little bit, a few innings. But uh <laughs> maybe uh, let me I was I, gonna say it. Maybe maybe he'll get better. But Sam LaCure is just not good. Yeah, I I you know, I, I said this on Twitter the other day and, and I really thought he was interesting when he was a player. Mm -hmm. I mean he was kind of an offbeat guy, a pretty uh pretty intelligent guy would say some pretty interesting things and he gets, he gets in the broadcast booth and, and I, I've never been interested in, I, I don't watch those pre and post game shows. I, you can't do it from where you are, but there's other than the time I was interviewed on there, it really wasn't much of use on that program. That was great but, uh, though. That was, yeah, that was, was a great time. Was. Yeah. 
still on my TiVo. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't – he just gets on there and, and just first, – he, he, first off, I mean, I know the team's playing horribly, but like hypercritical, I thought, and uh, just a lot of kind of cliche stuff. Tons oh, of gotta, cliches, yes. Got to – swinging too hard. Winker's swinging too hard. Somebody else was throwing too hard. It's like, I don't know if that's really helping here. Some of it is, uh, you know, kind of you know, the dad in the, the second row at the Little League game, too. You know, you expect him to say, oh, come on, get your elbow up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, or and something I know, like that. I guess it's weird because I know he's not. I mean, I thought he was a like a pretty smart dude. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, certainly I thought he was more thoughtful than the average. Tonight, uh, there was one point, and I wish I could remember now. I wish I'd written it down. Um yeah, again, I'm being. This is me being pedantic, I guess. But he used bad grammar at one point. I'm like, oh, come on, you're a professional broadcaster. Um, but I just don't know what he brings to that booth. Jim Day, I don't mind in in that yeah. role. He's sort of inoffensive in a lot of ways, and, and maybe in the wake of Tom Brenneman being inoffensive is a uh, is something we need to look for. I don't mind Jim Day, but I don't still understand the the, the three man booth with with Sam Lequeur. I don't know. I feel bad. I don't know the guy, and I have no reason to dislike him. I just it, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, and I don't know what they're like. Yeah, I don't know what it's supposed to add. That's the other thing. I don't know what, like, I just don't know. They've already got a former major league pitcher who's a really good broadcaster in there. Right, yeah. What, what you do you know? Yeah, that's Adding a, a guy yeah. who's who's not polished, who's not experienced, and and who, you know, if, if he can do anything, adds basically the same perspective as far as playing on the field. I just... I don't get it. I don't, and it just, it, there's not room for three. Uh, there's never been room for three. I never liked the three man crew. Uh, maybe old Monday Night Football because it was just goofy. But uh, there's just, there's not enough, not enough oxygen for three guys to be talking in there. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't, I don't know why you need it. I mean, Jim I Day and Chris Wills are fine. Just get it. Yeah, I don't know what they, it's not like they're bringing in like Joe Morgan or Tom Seaver. Right to do an inning, you know, it's just like some other guy who happened to be sitting around and said, "Hey, can I have a turn?" I, and they were doing that, you know, they did this forever. They had Danny Graves on the radio, and Doug Flynn would come in and do his thing, and never understood it. I don't either. None of them are good. No, and you know, some of them, it's like they're, they're trying to they're giving them a, they're giving them a, a, a tryout. I mean, Graves was like, "This guy wants to learn the business. We're going to give him a shot." And I, I didn't enjoy his broadcast but i could tell that you tell that's what was going on right. you know what i mean right yeah yeah i guess i don't know i just don't uh i mean just let like let's look here sit over on the other side of the room like we talked about last week and talking to our tape recorder <laughs> right exactly let him, let him if he wants to way. work on it he's got the monitors go for it that's what i've been doing for the last week just expecting that the reds are going to call me at some point and i can send him my tape well you know what why do you keep bugging me to do these podcasts? You just release one of those once a week. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I don't know. You know what I think is going to happen? Not to go back to our conversation of last week, but uh, my uh, shipping tube just fell over again here, Chris. What I expect, uh, look behind the scenes here at Red Lake Nation Radio Studios. Um, I think Tom Brenneman's coming back. This year? Maybe not this year. Maybe it's a suspension for the rest of the season. I think he's coming back. Now, we can argue about whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing. I know people have a lot of opinions about that, and I'm not making any comment about that. I'm just saying, if he's not been fired at this point, he's coming back. That's my opinion. I think you might be right. I definitely think there is a faction in the team that wants to have him return, Um, whether that's because of a genuine admiration for his broadcasting skills uh, for the the wit and charm that he brings to the, the workplace, or uh, a desire to have continued good relations with his esteemed father, I think there's definitely, as you said, if they were going to fi- if they wanted to fire him, they would have just fired him. I think so. I think right now they're trying to see if they can get away with not firing him. I think you're probably right. And I don't want to revisit the discussion from last week. Go back and listen to last week's podcast if you want to hear me, again, being uncomfortable talking about things that are not dumb baseball. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, anyway, I, I wish they would just go get George Grand and bring him back down here and sit him next to Chris and have at it. 
you know what's funny is I said this uh, somewhere else. Maybe it's on Twitter. Maybe it's to you. I don't know. But um, maybe it's on a, a text. But I really did not like George Grand when he was the Reds TV broadcaster back in the day. He used to grate on me. But after he left and he would come back every once in a while, I was like, you know what? He's not that bad. Oh, oh we, I was so wrong about George Grand. I was too. I was, you know what? He's he's a really good broadcaster. Well, he I think, was always setting up his his partner. He, you know what I mean. He never missed a play. I think that's the point that I didn't respect enough. Yep, he was really good uh, technically. It, it was required of a play by play guy. Yeah, yep. sometimes they'd hit a ball and it would go to like you know just past second base, and he'd act like it was going to be a home run. But I don't know. Plus, he was a really nice guy. But there was no. Oh, and there was no like feigned outrage and and no like discourses that lasted an hour about this, that, and the other thing. And and he likes baseball. He seemed to always be happy to be so lucky to be talking about baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could see that from the guy. You, it's very telling that they picked him to be the MC at the Hall of Fame induction every year. Perfect. You yeah. know, and I don't know that I can imagine his successor filling that role. Yeah. Listen, I'll try to admit when I'm wrong. I've done that a lot of times on this podcast over the years. I, I think I, I think I missed the boat on, on George Grant. Yeah. So, I'll say the other thing. Sorry, but we'll get off the broadcasting. You know, I don't know if you listen to those practice games at, during summer camp. Yeah. When I know what you're saying. I agree. Himself, mm-hmm. He did a really good job. I mean, I didn't think anybody besides Vin Scully was worth listening to solo, but Chris is really good when there's nobody getting in his way. It's really true. And again, Chris is a friend of the podcast. We want to, we, you know, we like Chris, but yeah, it was uh, kind of a revelation a little bit because you never see that in big league baseball, a one man broadcast booth, except for the legend, Vin Scully, but it worked and they're not, they're not going to do well, They've gone the exact other direction. They got three people in there now, but you're right. Chris West was, Chris West could handle more of the, uh, the play by play duties than he gets. I guess he's, uh, he's not, a, he's turned into a pretty good broadcaster over the years. Yeah. How about some viewer mail, and then we will uh, go to bed. Before we do that, I got to tell you, um, we got a new uh, new friend at uh, patreon.com slash redlegradio. That's where you can go to support the podcast, and uh, we got a new subscriber this week. And uh, this this new friend of ours, he's been he's been a friend for a while, I'm sure, but we didn't know about him until now. His name is Mark Hayden, and Mark availed himself of a new feature at the at Patreon that I just uh, just flipped the switch on, which is that you can do a full year's pledge and be a Patreon subscriber for a year if you want. And go ahead and you get a little bit of a discount on it if you go a full year. And Mark did that. Mark Hyden. Now, the rule here is when we get a new uh, sub- subscriber at Patreon, we discuss which position they play on the Red Leg Nation radio beer league softball team what position do you see mark hyden the first thing i want to hear mark hyden i hate to say this but i, I in my head i keep hearing former cardinal hard-hitting mark Witten. oh Oof. wasn't there wasn't there a speed skater back in the day eric hyden wasn't it oh yes maybe like a bunch of gold medals when i was a little guy is it possible we've talked about speed skating uh that's two weeks in a row <laughs> two weeks in a row on the podcast uh, the speed skating minute. All right, so so with Mark Hyde, I guess I'm going to have to go with uh, he's a speedy center fielder, a la Billy Hamilton, but he gets on base a little bit more. That's what we're going to say for Mark Hyde. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I got a little bit of like a uh, I don't know if you remember a guy got me on the Cardinals. You remember a guy named Mike Tyson that played middle infield for them in the 70s? I do. Yes, I I, I think he had a, a really sweet mustache, if I remember right. Incredible mustache on a couple of baseball cards. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So for some reason, I'm thinking of him in the middle infield. But uh, I don't know. I think speedy center fielder is where we're going to go. Mark, I apologize. We've compared you to two different Cardinals. That's not a good introduction to the Red Leg Nation radio family. No. No. All right. So viewer mail. Again, these questions come uh, this week from uh, patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you two can support the world's most dangerous podcast. First question comes from Sydney Price. Sydney asks, which condiment is the most overrated, ranch or ketchup? Pretty easy answer there. The answer is yes. 
I, uh, you know, I, I, I ketchup, ketchup's perfectly rated. You think it's perfectly rated? It's not overrated? Well, you know what? So here's the thing. What you got to do with ketchup, well, at least what I do with it now, is I put a squirt of uh, sriracha. Ooh, interesting. Almost every time I put ketchup on a plate, I kind of t- top it off with some sriracha. But doesn't that say that ketchup is a little overrated because you need something else to help just give it that extra oomph? It's possible. But but I think ranch is more overrated. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Underrated. Ranch. Underrated. Spicy brown mustard. It's mm. my favorite. Joe Farsing asks, and by the way, Joe, I'm a little disappointed that uh, Sydney beat you to the punch this week for the first question at uh, at patreon.com slash redlegradio. Joe Farsing's question is this, Gandhi or Evander Holyfield? Who you got in Chinese checkers? <laughs> is that the one with the marbles? That is the one with the marbles, yes, which I've never played. But this may be Joe's most uh, eclectic question yet. It's like, would you like to play Chinese checkers against a Gandhi-sized Vander Holyfield? (laughs) Or a hundred of Vander Holyfield-sized Gandhis. Yes. Uh, I think Gandhi seems calmer and uh, probably, I think Vander Holyfield's going to upend the entire game. So he loses by disqualification. Okay. I disagree. I'm spilling the marbles. I'm going, going with the Vander because when it comes to Chinese checkers, Evander Holyfield is the real deal. All right. DJ Norman. That sounds like a golfer's name to me. DJ Norman. I don't know why that sounds like a golfer's name. Do you golf, DJ? Let us know. His question is, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Six. Six. I think it's four, so we'll split the difference. It's five. Andrew Scott Wills says, my 10-year-old daughter is on a baking kick. She just asked me if I wanted chocolate chip, peanut butter, or oatmeal raisin cookies. I picked peanut butter. What say you? I go what are the choices? Chocolate chip, peanut butter, or oatmeal raisin. I think it's peanut butter all the way. That's pretty good. You know, I'm going to go off the board. <laughs> oh, no. And, uh... There was a, a, a supermarket in my hometown. Really? W- Woody's. Called Woody's. It was like a, a single owned by this guy. It started as a roadside stand back in the 40s. <laughs> he said, and uh, long story. But they sold. They had a bakery on the second floor of the grocery. And uh, they sell these cookies called Butter Crunch Cookies. You ever had something like that? Butter Crunch? I've had Nutter Butters. I don't know what. it's. Imagine like a kind of like a sugar cookie, but they have like uh Meltdown butterscotch candies. Oh, I'm intrigued. And, and they and they just kind of like turn into like little piles of of butterscotch candy that then hardens back again in the cookie. <laughs> so not like a not like a butterscotch chip cookie, but still. That sounds tremendous. pretty good. That sounds Best pretty cookie good. Ever. And once a year they'd have a cookie sale where you could buy a dozen cookies for a buck. And these are like bigger than a hockey puck size cookie. Dude. Yeah, we'd go down there and buy like 25 dozen cookies and my grandma would throw them in the freezer. I'm sorry, Andrew, but I was going with peanut butter until Chris gave us that story. So Woody's has been demolished, but uh, you have that time machine. That recipe has to be out there somewhere, though. I've looked, man. I've looked. (laughs) Rich Thompson. Rich tries to outdo himself every week. So um, here here we go. Dear Chad and Chris, every now and then you sprinkle in a few Simpsons references that catch my attention or give me a chuckle. Well, I've decided to go all in with a Simpsons question tonight. Imagine this. The creators of The Simpsons contact you. This is already ridiculous, but... And they say, Hey, we're thinking of doing a remake of Homer at the Bat. We'd love to get your recommendations on which current MLB players we should try to recruit to play on the team as Mr. Burns' ringers. So who are you picking for this potential Emmy-worthy episode? And just as a reminder, you can't pick the likes of Honus Wagner, Camp Anson, or Mordecai Three Finger Brown. Ha ha, he says. Insert Nelson Muntz laugh. So, uh, I'm glad you, you just totally refused to read it in character. I did. You want to? Ha ha. You want to do it, Nelson? Ha ha. <laughs> Duh. Oh. <laughs> if you've not seen Homer at the Bat, the Simpsons episode, 
And Chris and I are probably, you know, we're more Simpsons guys than a lot of you maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Simpsons are still on the air. But essentially what happened was the Springfield nuclear power plant had a softball team. Homer has a bat called the Wonder Bat that he made from a, uh, a tree branch. And so everybody joins the team and they make it all the way to the championship game undefeated. And the championship game is against Shelbyville. So Mr. Burns makes this big bet with Shelbyville's owner to win the game. And so he decides to go get some uh, some ringers, he calls them. And he tells uh, Smithers to go get, uh, you know, Shoeless Joe and Three Finger Brown. And Smithers says, well, uh, they're all dead. And so he says, I'll go fight some good players, some living players. And he hires Steve Sachs, Wade Boggs, Ozzie Smith, Roger Clemens, Don Mattingly, Daryl Strawberry, Ken Griffey Jr., Jose Canseco, and Mike Sosha. Gives them jobs at the plant, so they play on the team, and that's the. That's, if you've not seen the episode, go watch it. Uh, I, have you seen that episode, Chris? Uh, it's of the. This is a Family Guy. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, uh, it's the I best. I've seen it. It's I've my favorite it. episode. Um, Pretty great. And my favorite part of that episode is when uh, Burns goes to try to show them how to bunt. Do you remember that part of it? And the the pitch comes in, and the bunt knocks him into the backstop because he's so weak. Old people are feeble. <laughs> Old people are feeble. Smithers says, I'm afraid all these players have retired and passed on. In fact, your right fielder's been dead for 130 years. And Burns goes, damnation. All right, find me some good players. Living players. Scour the professional ranks. The American League. The National League. The Negro League. Oh, mercy. So, <laughs> I love that episode. I'll talk about it all night, oh, if we great. can. <laughs> um... So who are the players they should get? I mean, Mike Trout, obviously, right? This is uh, m- modern day active ball players who who are the equivalents of the. Uh, yes, yes. So of the guys then. So yeah, right, yes. Yeah. So let's uh, let's look at uh, who did he pick? Let's see. I had that here. Um, so uh, you know, Rod, they had one pitcher, only one pitcher, Roger Clemens. So the, who's who's that going to be? Uh, Verlander. Yeah, Verlander's a good fit. Probably. Is a good fit. He's a... For okay. Wade Boggs, I'm going with Joey Votto. Sure. I mean, he's not a third Give baseman, some, but... Got some good Canadian jokes in there, too, probably. Oh, yeah, there you go. King Griffey Jr.? Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Now, is Mookie Betts going to get gigantism? <laughs> he is. He <laughs> like is. Did. I don't know the rest of them. I don't know whoever else you want. I don't know. Those, those are great. Uh... I, I want, I'm just struggling to find the... Modern equivalent of Steve Sachs, who really had no business being in that group, <laughs> yeah, but apparently it was available available for voice work or something that week. Right. Yeah, they couldn't get uh, you know whoever the best second baseman was at that time. I'm trying to think who it was. Probably Bill Doran. Yeah, probably was somebody not that much fun. <laughs> right, Steve Sachs. So yeah, you know it's probably like Trevor Story or somebody's in this thing, and 20 years later people are like, I know the other guys, but <laughs> right. What about Don Mattingly? Because and the only reason I mentioned him is not because that may be the the Votto equivalent, but I'm just thinking that back then, you know, the manager of the team, Mr. Burns, was really upset about Mattingly's uh, sideburns. Nowadays, can you imagine if it's like Justin Turner or one of these guys with one of these crazy beards, Charlie Blackman? <laughs> I I think he would presume they were Civil War soldiers. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeesh. So, uh, and one last point about this episode, which is the greatest episode of uh, Seinfeld ever. Seinfeld. I literally said Seinfeld. Both. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I got to ask you this. I want, I want to know what your response is to this statement. I say that England's greatest prime minister was Lord Palmerston. And here's where you say, Pit the Elder. Pit the Elder? Yeah, there you go. All right. Go watch Sorry. that episode if you haven't seen I've it. I've ruined two things tonight because Wade Miley's no-hitter has been broken up, unsurprisingly. Unsurprisingly, that is surprising. Um, are the Reds winning? They're still winning two to nothing. His, his shutout is intact. Oh, it's amazing. Top of the fifth. All right, let's run through these last questions and we'll get out here. Joey, oh man, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong again. I called him Joey Gattaca because I thought that sounded cool. Yeah, is that, that's not it. That's not it. No, it's Gaditza, I think. Did he correct you? He did, yes. Um, not in a uh, an offensive way. Well, that's what you should do if somebody says your name wrong. Exactly. He explained it. And I actually told him on it. I said, hey, tell me if it's wrong. But anyway, 
He said, hey guys, hope you're both doing excellent. My question is, although not a real attractive package, what about Casali and Irvin together in a trade for maybe a pen arm? <laughs> this way, Stevenson... <laughs> I like the way pen he's thinking. Arm, you know, sorry, I did it again. <laughs> this way, Stevenson comes up to stay. I suppose Aquino could be added to sweeten the pot because clearly he is in the Reds' plans. Um, I, and he said, it's not a real attractive package. And, and, and Joe is right. I, I, what do you... Here, here's here's what I see. Maybe Cody Reed gets claimed by the uh, you know uh, Kansas City Royals, and we trade Casale and Irvin for Cody Reed. That's a great idea. I just, I don't see that. I mean, I like the idea. We need to get more uh, bullpen arms, but uh, I think you're right, Joey. It's probably not not going to work. Yeah, that's like just throw what's a couple of these old tin cans and a banana peel. <laughs> See if you can get Steve Sachs. <laughs> Hooper Powell asks, if the Reds continue to be on the outside looking in, is it, uh, does it really make much sense to trade Bauer when you can get more in a draft pick than in, in a trade? And Hooper's course, correct. Yeah, he is. I mean, I, you know, of course he's talking about, you know, you get the... Uh, uh, the qualifying offer. Yeah, and there the, you go. Yeah, yeah compensation. Um, right, because you make the qualifying offer to Bauer because if he takes it, well, okay, that's fine. We'll take Good. Bauer for another year, all right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't trade him. Even though I did on my out of the park that game we've talked about, did I, you? I traded him for Zach Wheeler. Is that Ooh. a bad idea? Uh, well, it's a strange idea. I got like four or five years of Zach Wheeler. Oh, okay, that's for, fair for a half season of Trevor Bauer, and I said, no, I'm going to do it. Did you get? Have you gotten to 2021 yet in that game? Not yet. No, I'm still 2020. Let me know what happens because they they. They cut the budget like forty million, like forty million dollars on you, and there's nothing you can do. You have, you can't add any players. Yeah, it's horrible. Don't you don't you see Bob Castellini actually doing that? He spent all this money for this year, and they screwed Maybe. it up. Maybe, but I mean, I think if if they made him do that, you could trade the guys away. But you kind of you can't even trade the guys away, really. So, Ugh. I was stuck with uh, a bunch of magic beans. <laughs> I'll let you know if I ever make it to that point. Brandon Taylor asks at patreon.com slash radio. We're at the midpoint. Not yet, Brandon. You're trying to trick me. we got another hour till we're at the midpoint. How about some midterm grades? Off Number one, offensive regulars. Number two, starting uh. pitchers. Number three, bullpen. Number four, David Bell. Number five, front office. Uh, for the second discussion, maybe roster management bench can be part of the front office. We've already talked about roster management and bench. Let's, uh, let's give some grades. Offensive regulars. F. F minus. Uh, Nick Castellanos gets a mm. C plus. Okay. So that raises the overall grade. So it's F plus. Starting pitchers. And Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker. Oh, yeah. Jesse too. Winker. Oh, he's no, good. Slight him. Starting pitchers. A. Maybe B, A minus. Yeah. Yeah. A, a minus B plus. Okay. Wade Miley's pitched a couple of times. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I say A minus. Everyone else has been. I'm okay with them. Bullpen um, D. Yeah, I mean, I guess they haven't lost every game. <laughs> David Bell. <sighs> I'll let you go first here. I can't. I mean, I don't know how to give him anything higher than a D. Yeah, I was thinking. I haven't seen anything. I'm like, well, that was cool. What he did. I mean. How has he put this team in a better position to win every night? I can't say that. And I want to defend him, but I can't. From, I'm taking half grade off because he cannot keep his hands off his mask. <laughs> really? Did you see him arguing with the umpire the other day? No, I didn't. I saw you oh, tweeting something about it, but I didn't see it. He just keeps like tugging on it. I'm like, stop touching it. I know we're not supposed to do that. <laughs> um, are you getting kind of special mask you've been wearing these days? No, I've got like 15 different ones. I keep trying different things. Yeah. I found uh, I found one style that I that I like. It's just straight black. And so I've been sticking with those. Is uh, it No, I I made I made my own of like the it's probably not a very effective mask in terms of doing what it's supposed to do, but it's the most comfortable one. I took I took the uh, an old shirt like a dry fit shirt mm-hmm. and I cut I cut like a triangle out of it basically. And then I put uh, a strip of elastic through the the hem of the the waist of the shirt, 
and tied it in a knot. So it basically looks like I got a bandana, but I don't have to tie it behind my head all the time. Okay. That's a pretty energetic to make your own. Well, it took about four minutes. <laughs> you got four minutes? Yeah. God, must be nice. Uh, the Supreme Court sent us uh, some, you know, the Virginia Supreme Court sent us some. Uh, and uh, at the beginning of all this, and I was like, oh, this is the only one that actually fits. And we bought some from different places, and people have made some. And I got somebody to make me a Cincinnati Reds one that it was very nice. It looks good, but doesn't really fit well. So um, so I found out where they, this this particular type that I got, and it, that's the only one that's really fit well. So I got some of those. But anyway, grade for front office? I don't know. Incomplete. Yeah, I mean, you know, they listen, they went hard in the offseason. And I don't think we can blame them for the fact that the players aren't playing. I don't think you, yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you can grade them until after the uh, trade deadline or whatever they call it this year. What do you do, trade deadline? What do I do? Yeah, what do you do? Just quickly. I mean, my, my opinion I is I don't know. I, I don't do much unless there's something that is sort of out there that improves your team immediately, but I don't think there's going to be a whole lot. And you still, top eight teams get in. I try to win. I mean, unless for, you know, unless Lindor's on the market, I, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Sign Yasiel Puig or Steve Sachs. Charles Zollers asks, now, Chris, I'm going to apologize. Uh, I didn't uh, spring this one on you beforehand, but uh, Charles here is getting on my bad side tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and warn you. This is not going to be a very nice question. Charles asks, I started college classes this week. Any tips? And then his next statement sentence is, even though you guys may have been in college 50 years ago, nice that wasn't very nice was it it wasn't 50 years ago it was like 70 any tips for college um are you actually in college my daughter started college this week and she's been hanging out in her bedroom like she used to she's doing classes from the dining room she has not yet gone to college so uh my tips are Make good grades. I don't know. That's all I got. Chris, you got yeah. six, you got six kids in college. What's your advice to them? I don't have six kids in college. Oh, you got zero. Um, right. No, I think uh, have a good time, but be smart and be careful with yourself. Yeah, especially this day and age. But yeah, you know, enjoy college. College was a fun time for me. I loved it. Um, but you, you know, you got to get the you got to get the job done. Gotta get those grades and, and have some clue about what you want to do uh, if you do at this point and really focus hard on going towards that while also understanding that it can be a, it can be a good time. Yeah, and, and you're and you're the part of the job is to learn what works for you and what doesn't. So don't stick with the same major. Don't you don't have to stick with the same major when you're you make a decision when you're 18 and go through that as your career. Yeah, if something else is better for you than switch. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you're. you're trying to figure out what you're going to do the rest of your life and don't feel like you're locked into something just because that's where you are at age 18. Um, so good luck to you. I uh, wish you the best of luck. I don't appreciate the criticism of my advanced age. All right, Chris, that's about all for tonight. You got any, anything you want to say? No, be careful out there. Be careful out there. All right. This is Red Lake Nation Radio. You know where to find us, whatever. Um, for Chris Garber, this is Chad Dotson and, uh, Let's see, Lord Palmerston saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week.